We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pod quarantine edition. He's Dan. Part three. Part three. He's Dan. I'm Jimmy. Dan, how is uh, how is your quarantine coming this week? Uh, life is good, man. Life is good. Just uh, I binged the Big Show show on Netflix. Oh, that was no. fun. It's come to that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of that? Have you seen that? At I, all? I saw the ads and I'm. I it's a. Uh, can't say I'm enticed. It's very, it's very TVG, so it's very very uh, uh, family friendly. But it was yeah. kind of cute fun stuff but that's what life is right now man i don't even know what else to do with myself other than watch uh family shows <laughs> yeah there's no way he's a good actor like i just can't see how watching even from no. the trailers that he's remotely good I don't, you, clearly you never saw him in captain insano i can't say i know what that is from Waterboy, man he was the he was oh, captain insano okay yeah and man it's been so long <laughs> since i've seen Waterboy, and i think honestly i've only seen right. it like one time so could be good to revisit what what else you got to do yeah are you busy i got a list of shows that i'm watching so you got got plans you got places to go no well i know i'm here every tuesday night when we record but other than that that's true that's about it what what do you miss what do you miss the most right now what's really messed you up that makes you feel like like if you had to pick one thing what do you wish you could do i think just the ability to just go places without having to like well, I'm not really going any place right now except for the grocery store once every couple of weeks. But just like thinking about like, oh, like I kind of need that or I kind of want that and just having the ability to just like hop in my car and go somewhere. Like there are all these things that pop in my mind. I'm like, oh, I should like something for the house. I'm like, oh, I, I should I should go get that. And then I'm like, wait, no, like you shouldn't go get that. You can't. So just whether it's the freedom to go get food or, or just something that you think of spur of the moment, um, just feeling like you don't have that ability to go do so. I think is it, the weirdest. It's very thing. ominous. Uh, everyone wearing masks now. Like it's yeah. just I'm trying to accept it as as the norm, but it still kind of spooks me. Mm-hmm. Like Marissa turned the corner. She had her little bandana on. She turned the corner and about made the the retail clerk shit themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, they're probably like I don't want any trouble. Right. <laughs> Getting robbed over here. Yeah. See, I don't have a a mask, but I was trying to think like okay what can i what can i use as as a mask and i saw i think it was on the cauldron facebook page someone posted like those those sleeves that they sometimes pass out as the freebies at sporting yeah. games that no one ever knows what to do with he like made it into a little mask 
looked like one of those like old like survivor buffs that they used to put on their heads like on the survivor tv show right i was like that's not a bad well, they idea. have we, we pretty much they gave us those uh yeah those bandanas those sporting bandanas that are like multi-purpose or whatever yeah those are kind of neat but uh it's a weird time man it's a weird time i don't know uh i don't know i gotta get my mask together i don't have one yeah i feel like i want to go like full-on train bandit like i <laughs> like an old american outlaws yeah usa flag criminal yeah that's why like i i started like testing because i don't obviously own like an actual mask because i don't typically have a reason to wear a mask so i started testing out like different things i could turn into a mask and that was just the entire time all i could think is like i look like i'm about to go rob a bank like can i just walk into a grocery store where all you can see is my eyes and people aren't think i'm there to rob the place so i read something today that said like minorities don't want to wear masks because of what people perceive them to be and i was like oh shit yeah that's terrifying i don't i don't blame them because they yeah just on regular everyday life they have to face different things that you and i don't ever have to think about Uh, it's like i'm not wearing a mask so i can go do an atm withdrawal and someone thinks i'm robbing the place absolutely not yeah you white people keep wearing your mask that's what this world is right now it's yeah this it's nuts it's it's crazy and you know i mean i guess on one hand there some mild good news if there's any and it's very 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 early but um while the new york death rate continues to rise right now their daily admittance into icu has gone down each of the past couple of days from what the governor of new york has said so um that obviously doesn't mean that this is all going to be over in a couple of weeks, but that means that New York, which has kind of been the epicenter for the U.S., might be starting to go on the downhill, which means some of these social distancing measures might be working. It also seems like in California, early, early, early reports seem to indicate that maybe social distancing might be working because they're able to revise mm-hmm. some of their models to show that maybe less people might get it now, which is good. So That's interesting. Well, I'll tell you, I don't mean to be... I'm not just saying it because we're a soccer podcast, but <laughs> I do miss soccer. I, yeah. I was so excited to start going to the sporting games, and we would have already had you know another uh, home game or, or two uh, in this time. I think at least and two, yeah. I, and I miss playing. I mean, of course, they canceled our upcoming uh, session right. in outdoor soccer, and so it's just it's kind of weird. I've been really trying to get the most out of like my home workouts because I can't go play anywhere, you know, and... We walk. I, I see you taking some walks during the day. My Apple oh, yeah. Watch lets me know Jimmy's being active. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I mean, because, man, look, I'm sitting here at a desk job, and I know you got a desk job. A lot of our listeners, I'm sure, have desk jobs. And when I'm at work on a typical day, I try to go, you know, for, you know, a few, you know, 10, 15-minute walks a few times a day. And I don't typically, like, mm. you know, tag those on my Apple Watch exercise or whatnot because it's just like whatever. But it's so easy otherwise to just sit here all day from you wake up you eat your breakfast you sit down at your home office you do your work you finish you eat dinner what am i going to do now i guess i'll watch more tv and then you sit on your couch and you watch tv and you go to bed and then by the end of the day you have like 700 steps so i'm trying at least to take (laughs) one like 45 minute to hour long walk like sometime throughout the day kind of like during what I would normally have my lunch break and I'll just eat at my desk and then go for a, a big long walk to at least get some blood flowing. So yeah, for sure. I don't know. It's a, uh, we should really go on some walks during the day too. Cause at least at work, I'll always walk upstairs like four flights or whatever. Right. But, uh, 
the last thing I want to happen out of all this is for all of us to come back all chunky. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to come <laughs> out like, of it like the the people from Wally where they're all like floating around <laughs> fat on the on the chairs. Right? <laughs> like, oh, oh, who did who did Coozer eat while he was quarantined? That's yeah. not good. Someone yeah. check on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, especially because like when you're at work, like at least for me, I try not to go eat out too much. Like if I go eat out, it's more of like a for lunch. It's like a special thing. So I try to always bring my lunch as much as possible for health and for, you know, saving money. But also you have to plan out if you ever want to eat a snack at work. Like you have to consciously think ahead of time. Okay, I'm going to bring a snack to work. So, at you know, 230, if I'm getting a little hungry, I can eat. And then you can control what it is you eat. Whereas here you're at home, you're like, got a whole fridge of food and I can just eat all day. So I got a huge Costco box of Cheez-Its. What's that about? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I do have a giant box of Cheez-Its, so don't, uh, <laughs> don't make fun. It's true, man. Yeah. No, I'm not. We we go to Costco, and it was WrestleMania weekend, so we had the snacks on lockdown, man. It was yeah. uh, wife made no-bake cookies, so now my skin hurts because I'm, I'm like diabetic all of a sudden. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's messed up. Yeah, it's... Uh... That's a know. joke. I'm not diabetic, but I might be after eating <laughs> those you, cookies. But you never know. Yeah, I uh, kombucha twice a day. What am I doing? Yeah, I uh, some I have a friend who sent me a, a meme, and I know um, y'all don't drink anymore. But he, he sent me this meme where it was a guy like kind of pointing, and it was like spotting a beer when you're getting breakfast stuff out of the fridge, and then at the bottom it's like, "You son of a bitch, I'm in." And it's like, oh my god, I haven't actually had a breakfast beer, but you know, it's one of those things where when you kind of lose track of what day it is, what time it is and all that, it's like you kind of start to almost forget what those typical like social inhibitions are. And so if it's like 1030 on a Saturday and you don't know what else you're going to do and you're like, Oh, white claw doesn't sound bad. It's true, man. And then the time goes by. I mean, think about, think about people smoking pot, dude. Uh, uh, The time just flies by. got nothing else to do. All of a sudden it's bedtime. Right. Wake up, (laughs) smoke some pot. Sit there. Yeah. Go to bed. What else are you going to do? Go hang out with friends? Right. No, you can't see them. Right. So we've been, I've been trying to do some, uh, some zoom slash video chat games with some of my family. Um, yeah, you're you're dungeons and dragons guy now. I I did play dungeons and dragons for the first (laughs) time in my life with, with my, my cousins and my brothers because, because they are into it. And that, that was a learning experience. Um, but We've we figured out how to play a version of Cards Against Humanity online, which is kind of fun. You know, there's like an online platform where you can play it together, and and it's not the same as all being together in the same room, obviously. But you can pull up a Zoom chat or whatnot and see each other, and and you know, still have the same sort of sense of humor. So that's, that's been pretty fun. cool. Um, yeah, and then this last weekend, you know, I, I was supposed to be. Um, with some family and we were going to have a bachelor party for my cousin who is getting married later this summer and obviously that didn't happen but we all got together nine of us on a zoom chat and had like a virtual three-hour hangout where we were all having some drinks and and just kind of having a good time so it's just got to get creative but right on man it's not the same making me call home now i probably (laughs) don't talk to family enough (laughs) make sure everyone's still okay i mean i guess that is one i've heard a couple other people talk about this too like a weird positive out of all of this is people are calling and connecting with people that they didn't call or connect as much with anymore. Like I've heard people talking about like, yeah, I used to text some of my friends, but like we never actually called each other or 
God forbid, video chat. And right. now it's like every Saturday they're, we're all getting together and video chatting. So um, I don't know. Maybe that's one of those things where coming out of this, there will be some lasting societal change, at least for a period of time where people feel more comfortable calling and connecting or video chatting. But who knows? Maybe I tell you what is going to be lasting is when Disney World makes you take your temperature before you come in that's the true. gates. Yeah, That's what they're talking about. You know, it's that might be sort of one of those things that they have to do for a bit while they try to get back to normal because it's no different than 9-11 dude and how everyone had to go through security checkpoints you know yeah i mean i i just think that there's gonna be there's gonna be changes to life at least until we have a vaccine of some sort um or at very minimum widespread testing and an effective treatment uh you know and it's tough because now they're saying that 25 to 50% of people that have this might never show any symptoms whatsoever. So you could do fever testing, but are you still missing a quarter to half the people that are actually infected with it? So, but I mean, then again, how do you stay like this for two years until a vaccine's done? Well, I'll tell you what sucks is that the people you talk to on a daily basis about whatever, uh, there are no new things to talk about. Right. Like, as we have shown <laughs> for the last 10 minutes, this is what's on everyone's mind right now. So this is what yeah. you're going to talk about. You know, yeah. uh, I, I can't tell you what happened in the soccer world today because nothing. I mean, some teams are training like in Europe and stuff. That's cool. Right. Uh, I can't hit you up about NBA playoffs. Pfft, that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the uh, video the... game streaming. That's a thing. Yeah. They, they've streamed NBA 2K for a little bit and, and it. It was interesting at first, and I think it kind of quickly. Did you watch? I watched a little bit of it, and in theory, it's it's a good good idea having you know NBA players play NBA 2K and stream it and whatnot. The problem is NBA players are trash at video games. Apparently, none of them were good, <laughs> but also they're not like entertaining to to watch when they're talking with each mm. other because because they just didn't really talk that much. They're just sitting there staring at a screen, and then you're just watching what's essentially well, a simulation of NBA 2K. Because they have to water themselves down. You think they're not going to talk smack to each other, like if they're not being recorded, you know? Yeah. Dropping curse words here, in bombs there. I mean, that just the way they talk to each other. I'm sure it's not acceptable for streaming purposes. Yeah, if you could do it on Twitch, like sort of some of the EMLS players do when they're really not censored, you know, they're talking all sorts of trash. But yeah, you're right. When you, when you put it on ESPN, suddenly you're beholden to the same sort of FCC standards that any other ESPN show is. And so you can't be, you know, dropping all sorts of curse words and whatnot because right. it's not going to work. So now they're talking about streaming horse, NBA players playing horse from their driveways. So, I saw that. I, I started, I was like, man, I want to, I want to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I guess the latest reports of sports potentially coming back are, Maybe the Bundesliga it might try to come back in May because Germany's done that. a decent job of containing. Now that's very early, and that's cool. Major League Baseball might put the entire league in some sort of weird quarantine and play in like a Mars-like biodome bubble somewhere in Arizona, where they keep all of the baseball players contained in one spot for four and a half months. So, yeah, and UFC wants to go have events on a private island or yeah, something. Well, Dana White, don't give a shit. He's just. <laughs> that sounds like, like Murder Island, man. Like you put a bunch of jacked up 
UFC fighters on there? It, Come on. It's even weirder because what I was hearing today on ESPN, and I was like, now this just seems entirely unnecessary, and Dana White actually is crazy, is he was like, he doesn't want people to know where it is on the private island. Like, he doesn't want people to know where the private island is. I think, one, so they don't try to shut it down, maybe, and two, so people don't try so to show fans. up. But okay. he also was saying he wants to go so far as to not let the participants and their crews themselves know where the private island is. Like talking about like keeping them contained, pop them out on an island in the middle of they don't know where, fight, and then take them away, drop them back off, and they never know where they were. Dude, that is like on Homeland or whatever. You're right. going to put this this sheet over your head so you don't see where we go. I was just <laughs> like, this is too much. Like you're literally kidnapping people, taking them to a private island, forcing them to fight for millions of dollars, and then taking them back and leaving them. God, it's like a show in the jungle, like naked, scared, and afraid or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) naked and afraid. (laughs) It's too much. Like, I I miss sports as much as the next person, but... Well, look how bored we've gotten, man. We finally just decided to try to start a little uh, video stream here. Who knows if it's working right now? (laughs) We're trying. Yeah, we are are talking on Zoom for the first time while actually recording this. Normally, we're just, like, talking with audio, and now we can actually see each other, so... We're now now you can see when I'm ready to interrupt you instead of just being interrupted. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I can see when, when, when one of us is taking a drink of water and the other one knows now we have to kill a little bit of time or yep. whatnot. Uh, Normally I just hear Jimmy drinking big old <laughs> guzzler. Now, yeah, that's right. Now you can hear and see me. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. It's It's a weird time. But, you know, thankfully we might have more Tiger King to help get us through. Did you see that? Maybe one more episode, supposedly. Yes, and also a new series on Investigation Discovery. Yeah, an ID show. That's kind of weird. Focusing on like the secrets that Joe Exotic knows about Carol Baskin that he didn't even reveal on Netflix, which I'm like, what else? I feel like this is all just kind of made up at this point. Yeah, but... you're just making it up. There's <laughs> nothing new. It's going to be all the same, and it'll be like, we just saw this. We watched all of it. Right. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. It's it's weird. Um it was entertaining, and and I and I was all about it too, just because like there's nothing else to watch. But like, it's I feel like it's one of those like cultural phenomena where they're gonna try to milk mm-hmm. it for all it's worth, and then it's gonna be like three weeks from now, and we're gonna be like, okay, we don't need any more Tiger King. We've had enough. Yeah, I made my dad watch it, and he uh, he chose not to binge it, so he's only been doing like an episode a day. Yeah, and every day I get a text like, oh, what's something that happened? Uh, girl got her arm ripped off. What the fuck? <laughs> or uh uh husband shot himself wtf yeah yeah it's a weird yeah that was a, I, he's like what did you make me watch i'm like just keep going it's yeah, ridiculous yeah. there's so many weird side stories too and maybe if the, like the id show got into like some of the other side stories that they didn't touch on really like they just casually brought in this guy in the first or second episode who was essentially the model for the Scarface movie and he was like smuggling drugs and cutting snakes open and putting cocaine in them and all this stuff. And he owns tigers and has this impenetrable compound. And he was like the most normal person in the show on that episode. And they just like casually were like, yeah, he's not interesting enough. Let's move on to some of these other people. They're just snakes. Right. Cut them open. Right. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strange time, but you know, Hey, it's, uh, it's that, or we can watch, uh, old sporting KC games with, players giving commentary 
So that's a thing. We can watch that or or play your Animal Crossings or whatever you got going on. You know, <laughs> have been playing some Animal Crossing. Um, no, but they they did stream another game, man, and had uh, three new players commentating that, and it was the game we were at, my friend. It was. It was the the in epic, Chicago. Yeah, the epic four to three victory from March tenth, twenty eighteen. Uh, Daniel Shallowy, Graham Zusi, and Jerso were given commentary. Now, I didn't really get a chance to watch this, at least yet. They have it up on SportingKC.com. But did you watch any of this at all or no? I did. I, uh, I I had it on and wasn't really watching the game so much as just listening to them. Right. I was putting together my new chair while listening. <laughs> and then uh, uh, it was cool, man. Zussi doesn't have a whole lot to say, but that's just kind of Zussi. He's just kind of yeah. like, I'm here because I have to be or, or like I'm too cool to be here. You yeah. know what I mean? Not in a dick way. He's not a dick at all. He's just kind of like, mm, this is. there's better use of my time, you know? Yeah. He's that way in the post-game locker room, too. Is because he? You, I know he loves talking to people, but, like, seems like he doesn't, you know? It's it's weird. It's almost like as soon as he knows something's recording, and Beasler kind of does this, too, where it's not malicious. It's just, like, I think athletes, most athletes across all professional sports and even college to some extent – have sort of had this mentality beat into them of like, just be very careful what you say. Don't ever say any- if you make news, it's probably bad. So don't say anything that's going to make news. Just like give the cliche answer and move on. So Beasler does that. Zussi definitely does that. And Zussi is even less emotive when he's talking to the media than Beasler is. And so you, you yeah. never get much out of him. But then you stop recording and you turn around and he's joking around with the other players and putting up Instagram stories of his dog humping a pillow. So you know there's a there's a sense of humor there. But. Why why don't they? I guess I mean I get it. You don't want to say something that's going to get you fined or that the media could could twist in a certain way. And uh, did you smell your armpit? No, I was trying what? to. I was, I'm coughed into <laughs> oh. my uh, my arm. Gotcha. I was like, do you need to go reapply? What's <laughs> we're on video now, so people can you know I have to wear pants for one. Well, but, technically, uh, I haven't seen below I, your waist. I guess I don't have to wear pants. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, dude, I I've like revamped my whole home office, man. I bought a new keyboard. I, I bought the, this chair. It's insane. I, I'm just very comfortable in here. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> Zussi was... and his Instagram story and sense of humor. And... Yeah, I wish they would be themselves because that makes for a better time. Yeah. But uh, one thing I did like about this stream, though, you haven't seen it yet is Shallowy said uh, in preseason he roomed with Sanchez, Mm -hmm. our new goalkeeper. Ricardo Sanchez? Richard? Richard Sanchez. Ricardo applies to, I suppose. (laughs) But, uh, and and he was talking to him about that game in 2008, and it was crazy, and he's like, this was was nuts. And he didn't know that Sanchez was actually the goalkeeper of that game. For Chicago in 2018. For Chicago. And... He let Shallowy tell the whole story before interrupting him, and he never interrupted him. So he waited till the end and goes, "Yeah, I was the, I was in goal for that game." And Daniel's <laughs> like, "Oh shit, why, why did you just let me tell the whole thing? Yeah. Like, what a nice guy to just let you tell it and and have your glory, you know?" That's pretty hilarious. Because uh, I would have said, "Say no more." Pretty pissed that I allowed four goals. Right. Don't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's cool, though, that Sporting KC, they're trying to find creative ways to, to fill the content void. And, you know, hey, if... Crossword puzzles. Crossword puzzles and player commentary streams. And, you know, hey, I, I'm more power to them. I'm, I'm sort they're of... They're trying. They're doing a lot. 
Yeah, I've sort of resigned myself to the fact, like over the last couple of days, that I don't know if we're gonna get any MLS back this year. Um, Peter Vermees kind of scary said. If they did start, he would want to try to play the entire 34-game schedule and said, if that means we have to play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, I think most of us would say we'd do it. We want to uphold the integrity of competition as best we can, but it's all going to depend on when we return. So, I mean, can you imagine three games a week, every week, no weeks off to try to get 34 games in? That's it's a lot of games. You'd really have some squad rotation. You'd see a lot of new players, and the competition would be interesting. I mean, it'd be like, well, is that our best lineup we put out there? Probably not, because those guys are resting. Right. Um, yeah. That's just how it would have to be. And I, as a fan, I'd, I'd still like to go. Hell, I'll go to a Saturday and then a Wednesday game. Sounds fun. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, he mentions, like, we want to uphold the integrity of the competition. But I think you get to a certain point where you're like, well, yeah, we're playing 34 games. But if we're playing 34 games and, you know, a third to half of them are – subpar because everybody's so tired or because we're basically throwing sporting casey 2 out there does that really uphold the integrity of the competition anymore or would it be better to play 20 games and you know okay i can have the first full squad 11 out there for the entire 20 games and yeah it's going to be a smaller sample size than a full season but at least i know the record was pretty much what the first team could do as opposed to which club is the best at mixing and matching their A team, B team, C team, etc. I think from a club standpoint too, I mean, of course they want to play 34 games. They don't want to have to refund any season ticket members their yeah. money back. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm sure they're not thinking that maniacally about it, but somebody mind, that's, that's an important aspect of it, you know? Yeah. It's got to be someone's job to be thinking about that. I mean, you know, yeah. they have their chief financial officers and I'm sure at the league office they're, they're talking about like, what does this mean for, from a TV revenue standpoint for, a league like MLS, what does this mean from a, a, a gate ticket sale standpoint? Because that's where they get most of their money. So, yeah. And we're lucky that like, I mean, this happened so early in the season and we're not like hockey or basketball that just got the end of their season wiped out, you know? Right. Um, Cause that would be pretty heartbreaking, but for this to happen early, it's, I, I think if I had to choose one or the other, I think I'd choose that. Yeah, and, and like, I don't mean to minimize, like, actual struggle that's going on, but, like, I was thinking about, like, if you're, you're talking about NBA, um, it's got to be super frustrating, especially if your team, like, a team like the Clippers or the Lakers, where you're like, okay, either the Clippers, where we have our first real shot at winning an NBA title in essentially our franchise history, or you're the Lakers, where you're like, we finally have LeBron and Anthony Davis, and we're finally really good, and we might actually have a chance to win an NBA title for the first time in 10 years. And LeBron's thinking I might actually be able to do this again and sort of restore a little bit of my legacy. And then on top of the Kobe Bryant thing where the Lakers are like, can we like pull this off to honor Kobe Bryant's memory? And then the whole thing gets shut down again, that, that pales in comparison to like actual real struggles going on out there. But you, you have to imagine from an athlete standpoint, that's pretty frustrating in their minds. Yeah. So. This, uh, you know, you always hear people talk about the year and like, uh, you know, whatever year that was that Prince died and someone else died. Um, everyone's just like, can we just start this year over? And it's like 2020 took care of all that, didn't they? Yeah, it's like every year it, it gets worse. <laughs> um, Prince died in 2016. And I, I remember when he died 
and and everybody was like oh my god like that that's a big deal and and you lose a couple of big celebrities every year and it felt like every year we were getting more and more big celebrities that were dying and mm-hmm. a lot of it was just because as celebrities get you know older and and more famous you know eventually they some of them are going to pass um yeah but yeah it, i don't know man every year it's always kind of like wow this year sucks maybe next year will be better and then next year seems to get worse so well i don't need to see any more celebrities showing videos from their house their gorgeous no. estates saying like stay at home and it's like yo fuck off right <laughs> who are you like and if i'm someone who can't afford to stay at home i'm even more pissed right i'm like no i need to go make money you know here's a video of all of us singing a song from our gorgeous backyards and you know oh man we're able wonder to wonder woman go on got this... trashed on that yeah i just it's uh i don't know why like i even saw like lady gaga's getting ready to do like a benefit thing and like so at least that one has the the angle where it's like we're raising money for relief but even still like it was it talked about how she raised some money and then she was gonna like put on like a celebrity like show with people to kind of raise spirits and it's just so funny to me that like some people i know are really into celebrity culture and i never really have been but like that celebrities think when something's going wrong in society what do people want oh more of me let me just get out there and be more visible and just me being there will fix everything I mean, you mean to tell me you don't want more Rob Gronkowski after he got <laughs> he got voted off of the Masked Singer in the same week he hosted WrestleMania? Same week he won a WWE championship belt. WWE First championship champion Rob Gronkowski, 24-7 awesome, champion. Dude. So, so funny. Uh, you knew there was going to be some shenanigans like that for from WrestleMania when they had Gronk in there. Oh, yeah. There always is every year. Yeah. Uh, like back in the day, they had the hardcore title, and it was very similar to this uh, 24-7 thing. Yeah. I do want to talk about WrestleMania here in a second because that's like the only sports that we actually had, and I know we, <laughs> both, we both watched it. Um, I did just want to point out a couple other things, um, SKC-related real quick. Um, apparently, hey, You ba- see the cool thing they're doing, by the way? The, they're like doing a 25-part thing of how mls came to be and sporting came to be um there's these little installments on sportingkc.com it's pretty cool i haven't seen that yet but i like that you should check it out uh, it's a it's a good read okay very cool um so that's a good option if you have some time to kill um benny fellhaber was on the border patrol um recently and uh he was saying that he had a couple options to play this year but didn't want to play unless it was with uh SKC or LAFC, which I thought was kind of interesting. He, those were kind of the only two clubs that he was willing to play for. And, uh, you know, he said that... Uh, when was that? When did you hear him on the Border Patrol? I didn't actually hear it. I'm reading. Um, oh, okay. This was from uh, slightly was over a slightly over a week ago. Yeah, but we didn't talk about it. Um, but he was saying, you know, he had a couple of options, but, you know, nothing that was super interesting. And then uh, I guess Ike Apara kind of let it slip on the BSI podcast that he says Benny was on trial with the New England Revolution before the year started. And Benny kind of tried to play it down and be like, eh, it was more just staying in shape. But, um, you know, that was with his old team, old coach, Bruce Arena. So I wouldn't be surprised hmm. if it kind of was a trial. But, yeah, it didn't work out. And he said retirement ended up being a pretty easy decision. So... That would have been interesting. The, uh, 
I don't know. I, I, it feels like he's still too young to retire, but I think he feels like he's done enough, you know? Yeah. Well, it's weird because in a, in a league like MLS with the way the free agency system was, like once you finally become eligible for free agency, it's almost like, well, that's the mechanism by which teams have to sign you. But at that point, you're too old and too expensive and nobody really wants to sign you. And there are so many other mech- – it's easier just to go out and find a player who's never played in MLS before for cheaper than to sign a 33-year-old Benny Fellhaber for more than they'd sign the other player for. I wonder if he would have retired sooner, would he have the role that Jacob Peterson has? That's a great question. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe they approached him about it and he didn't want it, and so they went to Jake, but – Feels like Benny would be real good in a role like that. Well, so. Benny was still testing the waters with teams and stuff when Peterson got hired. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, he probably wasn't offered it at all. And you know, maybe if uh, you know Jake has not been on the Sporting Kansas City show, which I'm like, that's your job now, bro. Why aren't you? Why aren't you <laughs> on there with him? Yeah. But uh, you know, maybe that's maybe that's something where they get rid of Jake and then uh, oh, where are we going? Where are we going? I'm just adjusting uh, my laptop screen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm fuzzy, but I feel like I have blurry eyes from staring at computers all day, so I don't know. Uh, it could just be a difference in uh, webcams. I don't know. You look fine. I don't know. I see. Well, you do have an Apple cam, and I have a cheap Dell one, so it makes sense. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to put Carter Augustine out of a job, but I could see Benny one day being a pretty good uh, sideline guy. I, I feel like Benny's... I don't want to say he's above that, but I feel like he feels like he would be above that. Sure. If he did it in a way where they're not just going to him like occasionally to be like, oh, and now we go to Benny Fellhaber who's standing by with Peter Vermees, but instead go down to Benny and be like, Benny, like you're on the field. What are you seeing from down there? Give us some like analysis from the field level that you're seeing. It'd be interesting to me. Would it work? It would be interesting. I don't know, but... Because he'd be like, I'm not seeing more than you guys are. You have a way better view. <laughs> <laughs> but he, yeah, that's true. And, and but I, you know, maybe Benny could get something out of Peter that that Carter couldn't, or not necessarily not single out Carter. Carter's great, but you know, a, a former player who played for a coach. I just, I wonder if they'd have a rapport with with any coach, um, if they would be able to get something more out of out of a coach than a normal sideline reporter would. For sure. I I wonder if Benny like takes on a staff job though with sporting, like in some shape or form, maybe not even broadcasting. Maybe he's just in the club helping with the trainers or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Uh, Definitely. Maybe even in an academy role of some sort. I don't know if he wants to do coaching or not, but it'd be pretty cool to be coached by Benny Failhaber if you're a young kid. Andy Grunenbaum is doing like goalkeeper camps all over the place. That's true. Andy, uh, Andy Grunebaum is a, a guy who's who's big into the camp, so it's another good option. Um, Old Casey goalkeeper, if you didn't know that already. Yep, back uh, in the pre pre Melia days. Um, That's right, Columbus Crew legend. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Grunenberg was uh, the one who was chipped by the opposing team's goalkeeper, I believe. I'm Grunenbaum was? I'm I'm about like ninety percent sure that he was hmm. the one who let me see here real quick. Um I think you're right, because I think he had tweeted it one time and was like, Oh, thanks for reminding me of this. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who the other keeper was. Um I don't know, but it, he I'm I'm pretty sure um yeah, the it was the New York Red Bulls. Um when did this happen? Uh 
looks like it was back in 2008. Um, and yeah, Grunebaum was, was on the Columbus crew. Um, and so it was his MLS debut and it was goalkeeper Danny Sapero scored off a long free kick in a match, um, on Andy Grunebaum. So fun stuff. Grunebaum's claim to fame. Um, <laughs> real quick before we, we get to WWE stuff, just a couple other news items. Um, apparently the Buzio to Fiorentina rumors have, have popped back up. Um, so there's okay. not many more details. Um, you know, he's signed through 2020 and has club options for 2021 and 2022. Um, there's been some confusion as to whether club options actually like are valid in the eyes of FIFA and international leagues. But so, Hmm. you know, the latest rumors say that Fiorentina wants to sell or buy him for about $4 million. SKC still apparently wanted 10 million for him, but that's just circling back. So there's that. And then, um, yeah, I guess the only other thing is we had some questions about were we able to find out if Sporting KC is paying the club staff at all, or not club staff, game day staff um, through this. And uh, I had reached out before, didn't hear anything. It was basically a no comment. Um, Blue Testament reached out again, um, and what Blue Testament was told was Sporting KC has no comment on reports that the league or other clubs are imposing pay cuts uh, and yes, Sporting KC does have a means of support in place for part-time associates. Um, Whatever that means. So what I'm reading between the lines there is means of support does not necessarily mean we are paying our, our game day staff or our part-time associates. That could mean a lot of things. That could mean we're just giving them resources so they know what their options are as far as filing for unemployment or whatnot. Um, but that's to answer questions that we've been getting. That's uh, that's sort of where things are at with Sporting KC. Uh, doesn't sound like they're necessarily paying the salaries that they normally would, but they have something in place. So okay. Um, one of the questions that we got slash it was a GIF and it was from your wife on the tweet that we sent out asking for questions about what should we talk about. She sent in a GIF of. AJ Styles popping out of a coffin. So. I didn't even know this. That's... Yeah. I, we tweeted that, you know, what do you want us to talk about this week? And I just opened up Twitter and there's just AJ Styles popping out of a coffin smiling from uh, Marissa Kuzer. <laughs> so um, let's talk about, as we uh, have, I don't know, another. It was the best. It was the best. It was so funny. 10 or 15 minutes, I guess, maybe in this episode. Let, you know, WrestleMania you're a big wrestling guy. I watched it for the first time since I was like probably 12 years old. Uh, what were your thoughts on it, given that it was pretty much the closest thing we had to actual sports going on? Yeah, the whole the whole show was really well done. And it like crushed their ratings too, man. Did you read that uh, it had like the most interactions and uh, clicks and everything that they've ever had? Yeah, the most social interactions of any WWE event. And I think that's awesome because the fact that it's such a shit show and there were no fans in attendance and it had to take place at the Performance Center. Mm -hmm. Like, forget the fact that it was supposed to be at the Buccaneers Stadium. 
and that's in Tampa where a majority of those wrestlers already live so they're not like traveling much they're they're right. refreshed it's going to be great it's going to be great for their economy because WrestleMania wasn't just going to be there dude Thursday would have been Hall of Fame Friday SmackDown Saturday NXT TakeOver uh-huh. Sunday WrestleMania and Monday Raw five events were all in Tampa Bay area I didn't realize that's what they normally do so for all those to be scrapped, it's a huge blow to the to what Tampa was was hoping to to do, you know. Yeah, um, that's a bummer. And for WWE to still put on the event, you kind of think like, why wouldn't they cancel it for the health of their performers? And a lot of their performers were like, we feel like we owe this to people, like to put a smile on people's face. And I get that, but I'm also like, did the boss tell you to say that? You know. Yeah. So. I didn't realize a lot of wrestlers apparently live in Florida. Um, I've kind of learned yeah. that over the last couple of weeks as there's been nothing else to, to watch in the vein of sports. You keep watching this and they keep being like, from Hollywood, Florida, from Orlando, Florida, from Tampa, Florida. That's right. Um, I didn't know that the WWE Performance Center was in Orlando until two or three weeks ago, so I guess it makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. I, I think I was texting you. I was like, on one hand, I kind of feel bad for some of these wrestlers. Like, it's got to be hard to try to keep up that energy and like the level of excitement without having fans there. Because for mm-hmm. it seems like, at least from an outsider's perspective, feeding off the fans' cheers or boos or reactions when that music hits and they instantly know, oh shit, this is you know, the Rock is coming out or somebody's coming out. Um, and it just shifts the entire energy of the show. Like, that's got to be tough right. when they're still getting up on the turnbuckles and whatnot and trying to pump up the crowds that aren't there. And some of the the wrestlers do a better job of, like, making a joke out of it than others. Like, some of them, you, you can tell they, they don't really feel comfortable doing anything other than just trying to pretend it's normal. And then there's wrestlers like John Cena who are, like, going out of their way to make jokes about how it's empty and it's hilarious. So Yeah. And it was funny, and they recorded the show ahead of time, you know, and they made it two nights instead of one, which I liked because last year it was like five hours and 15 minutes. That's so to have time. two three-hour shows uh, is way better than one five-hour show, in yeah. my opinion. But, you know, they had pre-recorded stuff too. They had a Boneyard match with Undertaker and AJ Styles, and that was uh, it was very cinematic, very movie-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and John Cena's thing. Did you see John Cena's fight? I did. So here's what that I'll was say. great. So I got what was going on with the Boneyard match, obviously, because all you needed to know was these are two people graveyard. fighting in a graveyard and there's crazy stuff yeah. happening. And yeah, it's cheesy and campy, but like I think WWE kind of leans in. Like they know they're what, what they are. They're not trying to be more self-important than they are. The so cheesier, I think the better. They lean into it. So when The Undertaker pops up behind AJ Styles for no logical reason because he was literally buried six feet below ground and suddenly two seconds later he's standing behind them you're like okay whatever it's awesome. fine um, and he rode in on his motorcycle which was like his old character the american badass yeah so i, I was, was like why where's the limp biscuit music <laughs> so that that one I, I got with i feel like the john cena bray wyatt match like i feel like i missed a lot of what was really going on there just because there were references there were so many references to like like I, what i've heard from people is like wrestling fans loved it because there were so many like inside references and jokes and everything going on and like john cena not taking himself too seriously but i kind of got to the end and was more like 
almost like what the guy that came out of it, that whoever what the host was after Gronk left, and he was like, what yeah. the, did I just watch? Like, that's kind of what I felt like, because I was like, I don't understand anything that just happened. Because it wasn't really a match at all. It was just like a, a movie. Yeah. Like a but. clockwork orange kind of thing. It was, uh, but it, you're right though. It did reward the, uh, the diehards. I mean, it had like NWO references from mm-hmm. WCW and it had him in his old, his old wrestling gear that he debuted in. Um, Bray Wyatt even sang the song of Nikki Bella, which was his, which was John Cena's old girlfriend. Oh, see, yeah. Did totally miss broke that. Broke up. That's I love that. Uh, a lot of different things. Uh, uh, old their saturday night show that they used to have uh wcw saturday nights or something Hmm. it was different it was different for sure but uh and marissa was the same way she didn't catch all the references yeah i mean credit to wwe for taking the opportunity i guess to try something different and not just with that but like with that crazy um last man standing thing between edge and randy orton where they're just literally going around the entire performance center beating the hell out of each other jumping off of trailer trucks and hoisting each other up by the neck and workout equipment edge, and edge crawled on the ceiling like spider-man right and <laughs> that was one where like I, I don't remember if it was during this where i texted you but i started getting the most interesting part of that match to me was actually watching the referee because even though this was a pre-recorded thing it was such a physical and such a you know dangerous match with all of the stunts they were doing that I was fascinated watching the referee and just watching his mannerisms as he would jump in and sort of like grab their hand and wait for them to like give a slight squeeze or something to let him know like I'm still okay to continue like just all mm-hmm. the things trying to figure out like is this person actually hurt or are they kind of hurt but okay to continue or or what so right while it was pre-recorded I expect a lot of the matches were just like a, a single take I mean that's that's what they do for a living. They're professionals. They don't get double takes. So why would they do it now? You know? Yeah. There was only like, but the boneyard match was between 9 PM and 5 AM. It took them eight hours. That's crazy. There were only like one or two times where I think I saw something and I was like, I think they cut there. Um, Oh, you think so? There was one time where one person fell off the back of a turnbuckle, but just like the way, the way they edited it, it felt like they like might have had a cushion or something, and then they cut. But I don't know. I, I don't remember what match it was, or what, and it wasn't a big deal. Um, hmm. But that man, that one with with Edge and Randy Orton, I like. I almost it was good. A lot of emotion. Yeah, I almost felt uncomfortable because I was like, I know this is predetermined, but I also know that like this is still very dangerous, and the degree of difficulty and the margin for error here is so small. That mm-hmm. one misstep, literal misstep, could mean you just fell 30 feet and broke your neck. True. And Edge just came back from, like, triple fusion spinal surgery. And right. then years before that, he had neck surgery. And it's like, you think he wants to fall off this truck right now? Right. Well, he got, you know, he got slammed into the bed of that truck. Right. Right on his head. <laughs> right. So, like, when that happens or when Kevin Owens is jumping from 20 feet up in the air and slamming somebody through a table... And, like, again, the ref, like, runs up and is, like, checking on them. And I'm, like, I, for a little bit, I honestly can't tell. Are they acting or are they genuinely hurt or both? He said, he said when WrestleMania was announced to be at Tampa Bay Stadium, he wanted to jump off their pirate ship. Some shape or form, he wanted to jump (laughs) off that ship. I said, you're a crazy bastard. (laughs) 
I, I do wonder what's going through their minds, like, in their matches. Because, like, from what I understand, and you would know better than I, a lot of the matches actually improvised. They don't script out every single move that they're going to do, but they have... Not all the time. They have, Depends on who you, who they are. Right. But there are some moments where they're like, we know at some point, like, this big moment's going to happen. And we have, like, cues that, like, I'm going to jump off this thing and slam you through a table or whatnot. What? I think you're given an amount of time. I think they say, like, hey, you have 15 minutes... The referee maybe gives them a, a notification to say, hey, you got two minutes left. Start wrapping it up. Yeah. You know? Do your crazy stunt. Um, right. But I wonder, it's like... It's nuts, man. That ladder match was sick, too. Yeah. I just... I can't help but think, like, what's going through their mind as they know, like, I'm about to approach the point where I have to jump off and slam through this table. Or I'm about to jump through, the, you know, this truck bed or whatnot and... I'm not sure much thinking goes into it. <laughs> I, I, I assume all these people have CTA anyways, and I hope they don't. CTE. 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 Yeah. How's, how's your Chicago head? Transit Authority. <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, let's just hope they all don't end up the way of uh, Benoit. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So CTE, I guess. I was thinking about this earlier because I was thinking about that match that I was talking about with Edge and Randy Orton and how I was like, I'm almost like, I'm on that line of uncomfortable where I'm like, I know this, they're not really beating the hell out of each other the way that they are portraying they are, but they still kind of are beating the hell out of each other. Um, And I was like, man, that's just, the margin for error is so small and it's almost uncomfortable. Is it worth putting their bodies on the line for entertainment like this? But then I started thinking and I was like, this isn't any different than football. It's just that Hmm. it's more visually obvious I guess you could say in some ways what the risk or margin of error is. But then when you think about football, it's sort of the same thing. Like, is it worth putting their bodies on the line where they're literally slamming full speed into each other as hard as they, like they're doing a lot of what wrestlers are doing, except, you know, they aren't even remotely trying to pull punches or anything. And that's not to say that wrestling's not dangerous. It still is. You can't fake jumping 20 feet through a table. But, no, but it's definitely scripted. In football, you're not expecting a hit, you know? Right. Sometimes you're blindsided and get jacked up. Right. So it's it, it almost challenged, like, my own. Like, I was like, okay, well, if I feel that way about wrestling and it was almost on that line of being uncomfortable, why don't I feel that way about football? And should I feel that mm-hmm. way about football? So, wow, you had a little you had a little eye opening experience here. Yeah, and I don't know, like I haven't come to any sort of conclusion, and I'm not here to be like. So I'm no <laughs> longer watching football, but it's it just right. it was like a sort of a, a moment, so a challenge, like what is worth entertainment versus bodily health. I kind of so. view it as a circus. Like when you see acrobats doing stuff in the air, you're just like, ooh, whoa. Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm here for. Like, oh, my God, look at yeah. that. And and honestly, that's the ki- the type of stuff that, like, the when I was watching WrestleMania, the things that I got most excited about were, like, some of these, like, crazy acrobatic stuff where they're, like, jumping off of the ropes and they're doing, like, a double flip and then landing on. And, like, it's not the most violent thing, but I'm, like, the fact that they can make their body do that is crazy. And they have the control right. of their body to be able to do that in the air and twist exactly how they need to to land how they need to. Um, and those ropes, man, those ropes, like, they hurt. They're yeah. hard ropes. Yeah. I, I was at an event one time, and they let us get into the ring to get a picture. Uh, one, of, I was in a picture with AJ Styles back in the day where he had 
short hair Before and no facial died. hair. What? No, AJ Styles. What are you th- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. Uh, but no, I like racked myself getting into the ring. I was like, oh my God, oh, this really? is the real deal. So it's like, it's and, not as easy to like, easy to pull them apart as they make it seem or whatnot. Not really. And Chris was like, did you, did you sell it? I was like, I didn't have to sell it. That shit hurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they make it look like they're just like rubber bands out there, but. Right. They're also seven feet tall animals. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it was, it was an entertaining show. Um, I don't know if we're supposed to believe that AJ Styles is now dead. Because last he we didn't saw show him, up on he, was, he didn't show up on Raw last night. Yeah, last we saw him, you just saw his hand sticking out of the ground, buried in dirt. <laughs> so, um, so silly. Yeah, but I don't know. I was entertained. Um, I I need to see. I want them to have a video of his two buddies like digging him up and like performing some kind of weird seance. Yeah. To bring him back. I told you my crazy conspiracy <laughs> tinfoil hat theory that you did. You he, did. uh, cause the undertaker, I feel like he's retired like seven different times now. Um, and he always keeps coming back. And so I was like, eventually he's going to have to actually retire. And so maybe he could do these kind of matches forever. Well, I was they're scripted. Yeah, that's true. But I was like, maybe like a boneyard match in a graveyard where he literally kills somebody. Like how else are you going to go out as the dead man? Like at WrestleMania, maybe that's like, Maybe that should be it for him. And then AJ Styles rises from the dead, quote unquote, with this newfound respect and takes up the moniker of the dead man. So they are making a documentary called The Undertaker, The Last Ride. So I'm like, is this your retirement doc? What is going on? I'm saying. So I don't know. Because only people are like, my retirement match will be at WrestleMania against this person. And I can't imagine he would pick AJ Styles to be that person. Well, maybe he'll have to pick AJ Styles one more time now that they got this thing going on. AJ Styles will actually come come back from the dead and got to take on the real dead man, and that'll maybe be his so. retirement match. I don't know. But they should hire me as a writer. This is <laughs> this is now uh, a wrestling podcast. This Apparently, is, for the last Because that's all minutes. that's on TV right now. Yeah. So, I don't know. We got nothing. There, there's no new soccer to talk about. No. It's that or Westworld. I can talk all about Westworld. I'm half. I'm almost done with season two now, so, so I can't even talk about season three yet. Not yet. Not yet. By by next week, I will be caught up. See, so. I know Billions premieres next month, so I've been trying to catch up on Billions. Yeah, I won't give any spoilers away for Westworld, although even I'm two and a half years behind. Um, You're a season behind. I don't know if that's spoilers. Either. Right, but I will say season one, phenomenal. Like one of the smartest seasons of TV I've ever watched. Like. A lot of fun. I, I feel like I need to go back and rewatch it now that I know what happened. Season two is yeah. fine. I feel like they get a little. Dolores is a bad bitch. Yeah, she is. I just she feel bad. like with season two, like they're getting a little too crazy and they get a little too sidetracked where I was like, I don't really care about this side story and like samurai like, world. What's going on? Should I Google a recap to like see what the experts are writing about? <laughs> right. Like they went to the whole like samurai world and I was like, why? I don't. This feels like you didn't know what to do for two episodes, so you were like, what if we create a samurai world and have it... I vaguely remember that. Do it's that. crazy. So, but I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for me to finally be caught up on Westworld and be current, so... You're close. You're not that far behind on season three. And, you know, like I said, you got nothing else to do at home, so yeah, pop on some Westworld. That's right. Anyway, man, I think... Uh, I don't know what else to talk about right now. Like, is that pretty much good for us? That's pretty much it, man. We uh, 
you know, if you, if you guys have hung here with us all this time, thank you so much because we're yeah. just as we're just as lost and scared and alone as as all of you. So <laughs> as Latif blessing is in LA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, I I know that I've got to get on the phone and cancel the vacation here pretty soon. So yeah. It's uh, quite the quite the situation we got. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the hardest things for me is I always kind of like, I use like events or vacations as like milestones to look forward to. And so when you don't have a vacation or you don't have an event, like a sporting game or whatnot to like oh, sort man. of have on the calendar and be like, okay, I just got to get until three weeks from now. That's, that's tough. But, you know. My vacation does not carry over through the year. So it's like if you don't use it, you lose it. And... I, the last thing I want is to have to use my vacation to just to do what you're doing sit, now to just sit at home, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That would suck. Can they pay it out for you where you still get paid your regular time, but then also get paid in your vacation time? Or do they force you to take it? I think you got to take it. Yeah. Cause I know some places where if you don't take your vacation by the time it's supposed to roll right. over, they just pay it out for you. And I was like, you just get an extra paycheck. They, but, they pay it out if I was quitting and I yeah. hadn't used it, you know? But uh, no, they don't. They don't Your do supervisor that. would call you and say, hey, you're taking a vacation for the next two weeks. Yeah. So I still got like <laughs> three weeks of vacation and the year is a third of the way over. So yeah. got to figure something out. It's tough. But hopefully, you know, who knows what it'll be like a week from now when we're back. And hopefully it's a little bit better and keep plugging along. So. I don't know, man. Hopefully people can't see this vein coming out of my head right now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We'll, uh, we'll test out this video stuff and see what it, what it's like after we're not going to upload this one obviously so don't go looking for it this is more of our run through but you know maybe at some point in the near future we'll try to upload some of these to youtube i don't know what we'll do if we have guests because i don't know how to work that into the fold but we'll figure it out sounds pretty fun so, yeah but anyway guys like dan said thank you if you've stuck with us this whole hour we appreciate it hopefully we Provided a little bit of entertainment and yeah. uh, a distraction. Sorry for, for all the you. wrestling talk. Sorry. <laughs> what, uh, we don't know what to talk about. I'm um, not sorry. <laughs> so uh, leave us a five-star rating and review <laughs> on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. There you uh, go. Follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod, at DanCouser, at JCMax03. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod, or send us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about something. We don't know what. Maybe the yet unreleased episode of Tiger King. So, but until then, he's Dan and I'm Jimmy. So we'll catch you all later. See ya. Stay healthy, stay safe. He's coming